It ain't over till it's over. A recount is ordered in Georgia while the Trump campaign has filed a lawsuit in Michigan. And meanwhile, all eyes are starting to turn to Georgia's Senate race to see who will win control of the Senate. And a Black Lives Matter leader is holding Biden's feet to the fire saying, we want something for our vote. We've got all that and much more coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I am filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. I want to start today by saying thank you so much to all of our veterans. We appreciate you and your service. I have one at the table with me today too, Mr. Jason Buttrell. Jason, thank you so much for your service. We really appreciate it. it. You are the head writer and chief researcher for Mr. Glenn Beck and his program. So thanks for being here. And again, thank you for all your wonderful years of service. We really appreciate that. And then also Mr. Chad Prather. Jason Buttrell's so sexy, <laughs> especially in uniform. On top of being an American hero, yeah, so sexy, right? Just a handsome man. <laughs> and Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. Thank you for being here, Good Chad. Be here. And also a, a huge supporter of our veterans. So yeah, we're absolutely. grateful to have Happy you. Happy Veterans Day. All right, so let's start by talking about what's going on in Georgia. This is some really good news for people who are looking for hope this week. Uh, the Georgia Secretary of State announced this morning that there will be an audit and full hand recount of votes in the state for the presidential election. Now, currently, Joe Biden leads President Donald Trump by about 14,000 votes. Um, but they're saying this will help build confidence. It will be an audit, a recount, and a recanvas all at once. Now, they're saying that it will be a heavy lift, but Decision Desk HQ also called Alaska for Trump this morning, awarding him the state's three electoral votes. North Carolina also um, earned POTUS another 15 electoral votes. And then in Arizona, uh, there are 11 electoral votes to be collected. Tens of thousands of votes still being counted. Uh, Biden currently has roughly a 12,000 vote lead. So why do you think there aren't more states wanting to build confidence in their election results? Yeah, and I think that's all we're asking for is just a fair look at everything. If I had, you know, if I yelled bingo, at the bingo parlor and I didn't want to show my bingo card, these old ladies would strangle me to death, right? Uh, is this, that's all we're asking for is let's just take a look at this thing. And Georgia's an interesting situation because, you know, that's my home state. It hasn't voted blue since 92. Uh, it has become a little Hollywood, a lot of Californians over there, a lot of people in the movie industry over there. And guess what? In Georgia, if you just live there a few months, uh, you don't have to live there long. You can have voting rights there. So if this thing goes to a runoff, you're going to have a lot of folks. Andrew Yang is moving to Georgia. Uh, you know, a lot of things going on in Georgia so, where it's up for grabs. And it's it's going to get very interesting over there as Georgia, in many ways, because of Atlanta's becoming a little California, not to mention a lot of, you know, a lot of the liberal vote that's there. So I don't want this to go to a runoff. I can tell you that I'm actually headed to Georgia tomorrow. Uh, to do absolutely nothing of any good whatsoever, but just lend my voice to this process, and, and hopefully, you know, enough folks will they'll listen. George, that's definitely within the recount threshold. So this is a gimme; it's a layup. Of course, they should go to a recount at this point. I mean, you think about you know all the people that live in Georgia, and then all, there's only eleven thousand you know vote difference there. Yeah. yeah, obviously. And not only that, you put on top of that the record amounts of mail-in voting. And we've been sounding that alarm for since all this starts. They started pushing that. Look, you're opening this up for fraud. Now they kept saying, no, it's perfectly safe. Don't worry about it. Forget the fact that this has never been done before. That, that's their narrative. And we're just saying, hold on, tap the brakes. There's something weird here. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, um, in Pennsylvania, usually uh, they'll have mail-in votes around the, uh, you know, the range of like 200,000, something like that. 
for this one, there was over 2 million. Mm -hmm. Now, the rate of rejection is usually around 1%. So 2016 and all the other elections before that, you know, they, they, they would get like around 200, 250,000 of these melon votes. They'd get around, what, like 90, or no, around 1,000 of them. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Around 20,000 of them would get, would get rejected. Well, now they had two and a half million and only 900 got rejected. That's 0.03% versus an average of 0.1%. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong going on there. At any rate, if you don't believe there's something wrong there, it need, it's a question that needs to be answered. Right. And that's all we're saying. Right. 11,000 votes here, 10,000 votes there. Come on, record amounts of mail-in voting. We need more time to look into this. Yeah, Democrats have really been in a hurry to wrap up the recounts and, and also the lawsuits. But the Trump campaign has filed a federal lawsuit in Michigan, citing multiple witness accounts of irregularities, incompetence, and unlawful vote counting. Now, here's what they're saying. Um, ineligible ballots were being counted, counting batches of the same ballots multiple times, counting illegal late ballots, and then predating them, accepting ballots deposited in drop boxes after the deadline, and duplicating ballots illegally. It also shows that they used faulty ballot tabulators that miscounted votes for President Trump as votes for the Biden-Harris ticket. They're also saying, you know, some people were, um, they've had reports of intimidation, interference, 50 ballots being fed multiple times into a ballot scanner. I mean, it just goes on and on and on things that have been, that don't pass the sniff test. So um, mm -hmm. do you think that these questionable ballots in Michigan are enough to maybe influence the election? Well, if I may, I, I do, actually, because we're seeing, like, there's the whistleblower in Pennsylvania, the, the scenario that he laid out where he was specifically told, allegedly, this is, this is his account, that he was, uh, they were instructed to backdate votes. So if votes were, came in after the election had already closed, in other words, as they were counting the votes and they saw how far Joe Biden was behind, then they got these other votes in, and then they were instructed to backdate the votes and say, no, they came in on time. That's extremely fishy. It makes it sound like they already had these votes, you know, just in case they needed them and then submitted them at the 11th hour when they saw, oh, crap, we're losing this election. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that happened, but it, it looks kind of like that. So if that was happening in Pennsylvania, the strategy could have been the same in Michigan. The strategy could have been the same in Georgia, Wisconsin, all over. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely fishy and it should be looked into. And I'm doing everything that I can to not go into conspiracy theories and, and do things it. like that. Do I, it. Well, I can't. It just, it's, <laughs> I just go back to, we all make mistakes. We're humans, right? We, we have human error. That is a factor. Now you bring in, as you alluded to, this whole new way of voting. And we've never done it this way before. It, it's like... If, if I was going to pay my taxes this year, you know, like Donald Trump, $750, if I was going to pay my taxes, but instead of e-filing and then doing it electronically or sending a check, I'm going to send a bag of nickels. The IRS might take a minute to make sure that all the nickels are there. And that's all they're saying is, well, they're doing it a new way. Let's take a look at this. We have enough evidence that at least we ought to verify. That's a good point, especially bringing up taxes. If, if, if you've done taxes, you know, with a lot of different things to put in there, not just a regular form, if there's anything at all that tricks off their little algorithm, you get audited. 
yeah. for the smallest possible thing, yes. you're going to get audited. Almost every person watching right now is probably either it's happened to them or it's someone they know. So that's a common thing mm -hmm. when you're talking about money and taxes in the IRS. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. Right. This is something we've never seen before that it's kicking off not one algorithm, but multiple. So all we're saying is do an audit. And if you look, look at the it. data, look at the graphs, they're all over the map. I mean, there are yeah. mathematicians who are looking at this stuff, which is way beyond me. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, of course it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm reading some of this stuff, and they explain it, and I'm like, you know, even in layman terms, it just doesn't make sense. I had a glitch in my air conditioning unit this morning, went up in the attic, found a thousand ballots for Joe Biden in a, in a Christmas box. I don't know where they They're came from. They're falling out of the rafters. That's There's, insane. I was like, wow, I found these. I, I would like to say that it's, it's absolutely ridiculous and hypocritical from the left right now and Democrats that are they're making 100%. it they're like oh they're like why don't you just give in come on accept the results you guys have never accepted the results yeah. i don't remember a peaceful hey everything's perfectly fine handover since george bush uh, handed it over to obama yeah. uh, i mean hw handing it over to uh to bill clinton yeah. i mean what happened when uh, george but they still say george bush stole the election to this day to they, this say day that. they say mm -hmm. that um look we want the process and, and don't, don't even get me started on 2016 yeah hillary conceded but then the but then they went into ultra resist mode with the russia investigation the russia investigation and the ukraine impeachment was their version of I'm Hillary Clinton saying I'm not going to concede. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing in my mind. And but don't forget, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and Hillary yeah. Clinton just recently said, under no circumstances, concede. She said yeah. that to Joe Biden, under no circumstances. And to be extreme, let's, let's put this in another thing. This lady said to me on social media this morning, she said, show some class and just give in. And I'm like, what if I applied that to, say, a case of rape and just said, hey, just give in to it? No, if this is a, if this is an abuse of the system, or if this is a rape of the system, then we need to look into this thing because this is America, this is our country, and it's important. If you're if you're on the other side and someone stole your wallet or your car, are you just going to give in? Just give in because that's how 71 million Americans feel right now. No, we feel like our wallet or car got stolen. We're going to push it until the, the thing gets fully investigated. Right. And, and we have every right, the Trump administration has every right, to investigate this all the way up until, I think, December 9th. Mm -hmm. That is his right. He can do that. He doesn't have to roll over and show his belly to no one right now. We're fully within the law. Everything's fine. We're not giving up. Well, if there's nothing to hide... Let him have his day in court. Let right. Let's take a look. Exactly. So let's talk about Alaska. Alaska Republican Senator Dan Sullivan won re-election over the Democratic challenger Al Gross, putting Republicans at 50 seats in the U.S. Senate compared to the Democrats' 48. <laughs> Jason, okay, you look like you already have some stuff to say. Go ahead. Well, I'm so nervous. I am so glad that was kind of that one was kind of obvious. I was more nervous about North Carolina. Mm. It was 48-48 there for way too long. This at least gives us a little bit more breathing room. But we are not out of the woods. You were talking about Georgia earlier. That is so important. Now, I think there's a there's a point where we as uh, Republicans right now need to be saying we're very concerned about the election, concerned about the results. On the other hand, it's completely out of our hands. So let the legal team do that. They're doing that, they're on it. We have to have faith that they're going to do that. We have to be going, how do I say this without slaying and getting in trouble? We have to, we have to put the pedal to the metal. There we go, that's a nice clean way of saying it. And fully focus on Georgia right now. All eyes should be on Georgia. Right. Everything we've got, we've got to get into electing those two senators. Mm -hmm. We can lose one, I don't want to, but we could lose one and still be okay. If we lose them both, it's a 50-50 tie. Kamala Harris breaks, if, if they win, will, would break that tie. And they can do whatever they want. 
And if you listen to some of the rhetoric they're talking about right now, getting rid of the filibuster, getting rid of the 60 vote majority, those two things right there, they can push through whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Then they're talking about getting rid of the electoral college and taking t and, and initiating two more states, Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. and Puerto Rico. Those two things would ensure they never lose another election again. Yep, packing the courts as well. And packing the courts, that as well. Mm -hmm. That's why this is so important. It's so important what you talked about. Andrew Yang and a bunch of other Democrat activists are actually saying, let's move into, we don't care. Let's get all, all these millennials have been protesting for months and months and months. They don't have jobs anyway. Let's get them to move to Georgia so they can vote because there is no minimum residency Gosh. rule there. That's how important this is. It's scary. That's so terrifying. Well, you mentioned Georgia uh, Democrat Raphael Warnock. Um, he's getting a lot of criticism. He's he's in that runoff race. He's getting a lot of criticism for some past comments and some past associations. And according to Fox News, he worked at a church, uh, Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, where it hosted Cuban dictator Fidel Castro back in 1995. Now, I want to point out, we have a, a clip of that. I want to point out he was not one of the decision makers at that time. He just happened to be working as the youth pastor at that church. But a lot of people, this raised a lot of red flags for people. So here's a clip. Brothers and sisters, comrades and friends, I give to you the hero of the struggle of the people throughout the world, Commandante Fidel Castro. So he's, he's been criticized because he's made a lot of anti-police comments. He's praised the controversial Reverend Jeremiah Wright. So even though, even if he didn't play any role with Fidel Castro showing up at his church, this probably isn't a real good look for him, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say is he, that he kept saying that I wasn't part of the leadership. Bro, you were a pastor there. You were a pastor there, which means you were part of the leadership. I, I don't care how you try to like s spin that around. You were you were part of the leadership as a pastor, and you saw that standing ovation from not three crazy lunatic Marxists that were in the entire place was up in applause. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's no secret at all uh, what that church and that and and their leadership what they supported during that time. Um, I wish I could remember some of the things that Castro said. I remember looking into this a while back, but it was insane. It was absolutely insane. And they were right on board with his commie Marxist message. Um, that does not surprise me at all about Warnock. Um, there's a lot of things, and we're going to be looking into Warnock and the other guy. What's his name? Ossoff or something Ossoff, like that? Yeah. Um, we're going to be looking into them next week on Glenn's Wednesday yeah. show. I'm already finding some crazy things that I haven't Ossoff's, been seen yeah, reported I'm, on. You are. Oh, my gosh. Warnock apparently refuses to call Jesus a Jew or an Israelite, mostly an Israelite. He refuses to say that. When he talks about Jesus in his sermons, he calls him that Palestinian peasant. He calls him the Palestinian pe peasant. He will not call him an Israelite. Because if you're familiar with some of these, uh, with, with the history behind this, historically they've called Jews Palestinians because they want to delegitimize the state of Israel. That's what they want to do. This guy's a nightmare, and I, I cannot wait to, at least the one silver lining of this cloud is we can just fully bring out some of these, like, lunatics. Bring them right out to the front to really show people who they are. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how churches give idiots uh, positions of power. They really do, because, let's face it, in many places, the church is nothing more than a political community that gives a title and validity to morons. Uh, and I don't mean that across the board churches, but in many cases like this situation, Abyssinian Baptist Church, 
There's nothing church about them. There's nothing Baptist about them. I don't know what the hell Abyssinian is, all other than I do. But that's just a long <laughs> check you got to write out when you're giving your tithes. But, <laughs> but they they give these guys titles, you know, the right reverend and the bishop and the archbishop and all the you know and all these things. And it gives them lends them some kind of credibility. Listen, if you're in a position like that, and and you are in a leadership position, you've been appointed. Uh, to be in leadership and you're standing there introducing Fidel Castro and you hear the guy say, comrade, it's time to resign. If you don't, <laughs> then you're garbage. You're trash. It's just the bottom line. You're not doing God's work. You're doing, you're doing the work that's pretty unholy, if you ask me. And there's, I'm really struggling right now because if I, we were doing the Chad Prather show, my producer, Candace, would have to be bleeping me a lot <laughs> right here. And, and Jesus would have nothing to do with my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if I can, do we have time? Um, we've got to go to break, but go, oh. tell, me, tell me your comment real fast. I will say that if you listen to his sermons, it's so easy to see how he would fall into him because he is a very good speaker he's, eloquent. he's very eloquent and i do be- i th- actually believe he really loves god and jesus in his heart the nope. problem is you don't think so but the, the problem is, is that he lets politics influence a lot of the, what he talks about so he injects the politics into his sermons and it comes off into this he big loves social fantasy. jesus jesus social justice jesus. jesus which a lot of them that's a lot of them yeah. do that yeah i'm really interested to see what you guys uncover about him for next week because it seems like there's a lot there to uncover yeah. <laughs> all right we have more to come first we want to thank our sponsor omega xl whether it is your back or your knees or your neck or even some shoulder pain that underlying cause It's likely inflammation, and you have to defeat inflammation, or it can cause some permanent damage. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain, which is brilliant. Pain relievers and topical rubs, they just mask the problem, but Omega XL neutralizes the inflammation that causes those painful stiff joints and muscles. And a doctor said with my prescription pad, I can't write anything that comes close to doing what Omega XL does. So if you're suffering with aches and pains and that stiffness, you need to try Omega XL. So let's get you started. Order Omega XL now and get a second bottle for free. Visit OmegaXL.com news. That's OmegaXL.com news. Or you can call 800-844-4888. That is 800-844-4888. We'll be back in a minute. The Black Lives Matter movement has been pretty busy pinning a letter to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris this week. The co-founder, Patrice Cullors, sent this letter to them um, after the media outlets declared them the winners in the election against President Trump. And now they're saying, we want something for our vote. So they said, we're requesting a meeting with you both to discuss the expectations that we have for your administration and the commitments that must be made to black people. We want something for our vote. She basically just said, in short, black people won this election alongside black led organizations around the nation. Black Lives Matter invested heavily in this election. Vote and organize became our motto and our electoral justice efforts reached more than 60 million voters and we want something for our vote. Both of you discussed addressing systemic racism as central to your election campaigns. Both of you also expressed regrets regarding your record on issues impacting black people. So we look forward to meeting you at your convenience to begin the immediate work of black liberation. We would like to be actively engaged in your transition team's planning and policy work. Congratulations on your win. Let's get to work. What are your thoughts on her letter? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So that's a step and fetch is what that is. That is, we did this for you. We got you elected is in essence what that said. So now we, you either do what we say 
or it's going to be status quo. We're going back to the streets. We're going back to all this stuff. We're going to keep charging up the troops out here. And if things need to be burned down, we're going to burn them to the ground. So my thing is, Black Lives Matter in the last seven years has raised a billion dollars. I can't point to a single dime that's gone to the black community. So don't talk to me about black liberation. Don't talk to me about the needs of the black community. Don't talk to me about how you... Listen, Donald Trump doubled the minority vote in, in this election. Uh, so don't tell me that you are the reason the Democratic Party is potentially going to win this election. And don't sit there and say that you better do what we tell you to do or else. That's some BS right there. And uh, it gets... First of all, they're Marxist. They're trained Marxist. At the end of the day, Marxists don't care who got elected. They don't care about the election. So if Joe Biden panders to this group, it's going to be more of the same, and you're going to sit back and watch this house of cards fall in on itself, and they're going to devour each other. We're already seeing BLM protesters look in the face of liberal whites and say, you're part of the damn problem. So watch and see what happens. It's sort of entertaining. I'm curious what they want from their vote, what they mean from that. Do they want the destroying the nucle modern nuclear family? I can is tell that, you what they want. Is that the part they want? Or they, they want the part about no more police departments? Or mm -hmm. the, the, the point is that it's completely radical. And yeah. it's the complete radical part. The voters turned out en masse and actually voted historically against this election. That's exactly the right. The progressives took major steps back, so much so that the Democratic Party, it's reported that they're like in shell shock. I, I saw one quote that they were, quote, devastated by this. They, did, they, were, they were going after the DCCC saying, what, what the heck have you guys been doing? That whatever you were doing did not work. So now I think they're completely confused. They're befuddled. They're like, yeah. what do we do now? That's the problem. Democrats have no message. They don't have a message. Conservatives have the message. Democrats right now are running on something that they don't even know what they want to talk about. They, they have no clue. And that's so ridiculous that Black Lives Matter went out in force to support the only two candidates in this race that have a bad history with African-Americans. <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Donald Trump doesn't. Mike Pence doesn't. They created bills. They forced yeah, systemic racism. Right. Kamala Harris built a career on going out into the black community saying, you know what's wrong with the black community? Things like drug use and truancy. So you know what let's do? Let's prosecute them and put them in jail. And laughed about it. Because they were easy freaking wins. Yes. And laughed about she it. She stepped on their heads on the way up. They created a concept of systemic racism. Well, so how much yep. control do you think a Biden administration would want to give Black Lives Matter? I could tell you if you start, and I know we might get into this, but how many on the list are people of color for his potential cabinet members? And you start to see the pandering. But Black Lives Matter, to your point, you're right. All you got to do is read their, quote, manifesto and the things that they stand for. That's what they want. At the end of the day, they don't want equality. They don't want liberation. They want subjugation. And they will not stop until they are in charge and they're the ruling class. That's what they want. That is guaranteed what they want. And by the way, they don't care about the black community either because, like I said, they haven't put any money into mm -hmm. it. It's these elites who are running these organizations that want to be the ones who are in power, in control, and making all the money. It's, it's, it's an interesting question you pose, though. Like, how much do, not only just Black Lives Matter, but how much power do they give the, the progressive, the very far leftists that helped get them there? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because now Biden's got, he's kind of got a problem if he moves on. Do, who does he you know, kind of give the, the, the nudge to and say, hey, thanks, buddy. Here you go. Because like I just said, they don't have the social contract. They don't have the mandate to go far left. But now you got Elizabeth, people like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, 
um, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. Screw it, I'll throw in Antifa because they really refuse to even condemn them. Yeah. Actually, no, he, yeah, he, he did. He blatantly refused to condemn them. It's the other side of the coin. Yeah. They're like, just the other side of the coin. Um, we have a couple of minutes. I want to talk about what's going on in New York City. So New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio and his wife, uh, Shirley McRae, they've announced a new pilot program for parts of the Big Apple that will see mental health teams deployed instead of police officers in response to some emergency calls. Now, they're saying they're just going to do this right now, this pilot program, in two high-need communities. They didn't say which communities those actually are. They didn't specify that, but they're saying in emergency situations involving a, a weapon or imminent uh, risk of harm, they will send this mental health team along with an officer. But if that's not the case, then they'll just send this mental health team. How do you see this going for mental health teams and the police officers? Because <laughs> obviously the NYPD is like, this is insane. <laughs> uh, if they go through with this, they're going to get a lot of people hurt is what's going to happen. Most specifically, the mental health team members that probably do probably themselves see the fallacy in this, and then you're going to send them out into a location like this. But it's not only just them, you're also gonna get the police officers hurt. Because when you do not allow the police officers to do their damn jobs, then people get hurt. That's the entire problem with some of these some of these cities, and that's something that no one will talk about. But when you allow people to run wild in places like New York City or in Portland or you know in Minnesota or wherever, you allow people to run wild, then you then you pull the police back, you let them do their thing, and then finally at the end, after all this animosity is brought up, you let the police go in. The police then, I mean, the the rioters then are emboldened to go after the police because there's no consequence; they can do whatever they want. So now you can run around, act like a total idiot. One of these mental health uh, guys comes up. He's the first person you're going to talk to. He's the first person that's going to get lashed out onto. Yeah. And so they, they don't understand that cr criminals need to be met with severely. They need to be met <laughs> by police officers. Do their job. Let, let's, say, let's say I got a chicken coop and I got a wild dog that keeps getting in and killing my chickens. So what I do is I set a bowl of Alpo out over there and I say, here's some dog food. Maybe he'll eat that. He's going to eat that and he's going to go eat the chickens too. So you, once they tasted blood, they're going to keep coming back. That's what happens with criminals that's what happens with crazies that's what happened with rioters it's what happens with all these so so you can keep throwing these little things put alpo out there but they're gonna keep coming back to eating the chicken so i hope bill de blasio has a great plan for hiring new hostage negotiations uh, negotiators because that's what he's going to need in I, these situations i hate the fact that you came up with a better more relatable way to say mm. what i said <laughs> welcome <laughs> jason <laughs> that was a really good analogy yeah it's going to be interesting uh, because the nypd said you know we don't have any confidence that this is going to produce better results than we're getting right now so i guess time <laughs> will tell mm. all right we've got more to come first we want to thank our sponsor keeps because have you noticed that your hair isn't looking I'm not looking at either of you. She's calling us out, Jay. I'm just saying maybe some of you at home. I don't know. Let's talk some options for you. If she made that. this commercial be this knowing we would <laughs> be here did. today. I know it. I know it. Wednesdays. <laughs> All right, guys. You, I mean, I'm not saying this has happened to you, but many really? of you have had to maybe go to a doctor for a hair loss really? treatment prescription and then go to a pharmacy. It can get expensive, right? Or... You can try keeps from the comfort of your lazy boy at home. You're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment. But keeps offers you the generic versions for about half the cost. Um, one more thing you're going to love about keeps, it's all online. So you just answer a few questions, you snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your information and then recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door. So why make any unnecessary trips to the doctor and the drugstore when you can do it 
all at home. So let's get you started with a special deal. Go to keeps.com slash Y for 50% off your first order of Keeps Hair Loss Treatments. That's keeps.com slash Y. We'll be back in a minute. So earlier this week, we talked about Dr. Zeke Emanuel. This is who former Vice President Joe Biden announced would be a member of his coronavirus advisory board. So this doctor said he wants to distribute the COVID-19 vaccine worldwide before making it available to every single American. So some background on Zeke Emanuel. He worked in the Obama administration. He was the chief architect of the Affordable Care Act. He, uh, he later advised the Trump administration on how to best change Obamacare to drive down health costs. He's also the guy that wrote that article about why I want to die by 75 and basically said by 75, like, hang it up, your life's over, yeah, we don't need you anymore. So he's, he's basically saying we expect national partiality. There's even some good moral lessons for some national partiality. But from an ethical standpoint, there's not a good reason for absolute partiality where a country covers every one of its citizens before giving any vaccine internationally. So ethically, he doesn't think it's fair to give the vaccine to everyone in the country before giving it to the rest of the world. That seems like some one, one world government so stuff. So he's it? not only an oncologist, right? He's not a virologist. He's not a, you know, anyway, but he's, he's also an ethicist. He's a medical ethicist. So here we got to deal with this guy philosophizing all this. And this is Rahm Emanuel's brother. So all the cronies are coming back. All the Obama players are coming back. We're starting to see this. And I love that article about, I don't want to live past 75, but yet he's going to be in the whatever, working under a dude who's 77. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but this is like a veterinarian saying, and I want to give this to the dogs, but let's try it on the guinea pigs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what that reeks of to me, is let's try it around the world and see what the results are before we really go wholesale in terms of giving it to Americans. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. That's a good point. Um, the, if on, the, on the opposite angle of that, if that's not what he's doing, which you're so right, that, that totally sounds what he's doing. But... If, 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 he's, if he's moving in that direction, basically pandering to being more of a globalist, you know, mm -hmm. mentality, which is what that side really wants, it's, it's a side that even Bernie Sanders would not have gone to probably five years ago. Bernie Sanders was not one of the, he wasn't a globalist. He was a hardcore lefty, but he used to be for strong borders. 100%. 100%. Screw the, you know, screw the open borders thing. He was not for that because he knew to get the welfare state he wanted, he couldn't have tons of people coming in. They'd go right. bankrupt. So he was all about those strong borders. Um, but he would not, Bernie Sanders, if you ask him today, he would tell you, yeah, that's the way to go because that's the direction they're moving in. But now it's completely different. Now mm -hmm. it's no, no, no. Let's let's pander to the global society. I think it's so ridiculous. So the other thing on Zeke Emanuel, his uh, his system uh, was based off this thing called the Complete Live System. Did you guys mm. already talk about this yesterday or this week? Um, it's called the Complete <coughs> Live System. So basically, what it is is the reason he can say 75 year old people don't deserve to live is because they're on the very end. So the people in the middle of this graph, he has like a, like a line graph. So the very young, obviously we know they don't give a crap about the young. They can kill, uh, kill babies up until after they're, they're born for crying right. out loud. Right. They don't care about the young. They don't care about the very old. They're on the very ends of the spectrum. So they are the last to get medical care. That, this is legitimately the universal healthcare system. The closer you get to the middle, the more likely you are to get coverage. Now, I've talked to people that are under, you know, the systems in the UK, they're uh, uh, NHS, very similar in like places like Canada. If you are, let's say, a 21-year-old girl, which I think was the very, very best point to be on in this, 
then you got medical care hardly any weight, boom, you know, you'd get it. Now, if you're a 50-year-old man, prepare to wait a little while. If you are a 12-year-old child, prepare to wait a little while. You have to get into their prime numbers right there. Sounds immoral, right? Yes, because it is. <laughs> that is what single-payer healthcare is all about. Right. And that's, who's, that's who now is on the COVID board right now. And there's more of them that are going to come along. This is the system they want. They want to improve upon uh, a, uh, Obamacare and make it more in the line of that. That's, that's what we're moving that's towards. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> that's all scary. All you have scary. to do is look at any program they're purporting and, and, and you just say, how does it bring America down to the level of the rest of the world? Yeah. And when you find that, you're getting close to the truth. That's right, exactly right. Well, so let's talk a little bit about, um, <coughs> excuse me, my allergies have been horrible this week. Uh, let's talk COVID. a little bit about, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Biden's cabinet picks because um, he's got some leading contenders. Here we go people are really, really scrutinizing right now. Jason, I know you, you kind of follow this pretty closely. It looks like for Attorney General, they're tossing around names like uh, Doug Jones from Alabama, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, uh, Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez, Stacey Abrams, Cory Booker. What are your thoughts on, on who we might be looking at? Um, insane. So the, so the early, so they haven't actually named any of these people yet. So we're just speculating on what the rumors are right now. Some of the other rumors were Elizabeth Warren for Treasury, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders, Secretary of Labor. Um, most of these like secretaries, associations, all this stuff, I wish they'd gotten rid of a long time ago. But um, those are the types of radicals. Now, the reason why they're up for it is because they gave in, basically, during the whole campaign and allowed Joe Biden to be this little poster child so that they could get what they wanted without having to be the main figurehead. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Bernie Sanders was on an MSNBC um, interview where he said that he actually says this. Uh, I can tweet it out after the show that they made a compromise to turn Joe Biden into the most progressive president since FDR. That's almost a direct quote. Mm -hmm. um, from what we do know, you can go on to Biden's transition website right now and he's got all. Of, so what they've done is they've identified all the different departments, uh, Department of Defense, sect, you know, uh, labor, everything all the way all the way through every single all the bureaucracy. And they've got about 15 to 20 ish um, advisors that are on that team under all those different agencies that are looking into who they're going to actually put on the cabinet. It says everything you need to know under the uh, education area. Um, in fact, the, the, the organizations with the most representation uh, are number one teachers associations. Um, those. I think that's the top one. It has the most representatives on there, which is a nightmare. The second is, I think, military contractors, which is kind of weird, especially if they don't, you know, if they don't want to get involved with foreign wars. Yeah. Rand Corporation, Booz and Allen Hamilton, like from Edward, Edward Snowden was from, a lot of military contractors. And the absolute hilarious, like, they don't give a crap what we think, members from the Open Society Foundation, George Soros are on his advisory board well, for so the transition. That was going to be my next question. Is there a potential nominee that would be the most troubling, <laughs> that raises the most red flags? But I think Soros would be <laughs> yeah. top of the list there. Soros is it's a big insane. one. And you talk about, so we all know that the, all they want Joe Biden to do is flash this fake teeth and stand there with his hair plugs 
and just be a figurehead. Exactly. And the rest of them, all of the candidates, every one of them that were running on that deal, for like you said, Cory Booker. I mean, look at Kamala Harris. He didn't get 2% in the primaries, but now she's going to be the vice president of the United States. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. No one supported, no one supported Kamala Harris. No yeah. one cares about She. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there was, I, they did a poll on Twitter. Somebody did a poll on Twitter yesterday that said, who is less liked, Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris? And they were neck and neck, 51 yeah. to 49%. <laughs> That's saying a lot. Yeah, Yeah, um, in the very beginning, the rumors were that Obama wanted Kamala Harris, and everybody wanted Kamala Harris. The problem was they found out that she was just not electable because no one liked her. Nobody likes her. They hated her. And it took, remember how long it took Obama to finally jump in and endorse uh, Biden and Mm -hmm. jump on the campaign? Not to the very end. None of them wanted Joe Biden. He, you are absolutely right, Chad. Biden is not in control. He's just the guy that was electable enough so that the rest of them could have a puppet. He's been vice so they president. They gave it to him. You know, he got the they, they got the sympathetic thing over. You know, I told my son Bo that we were gonna. You know, and now so they have nothing. So you want to talk about scary? You give it, just to that point. You give a uh, Bernie Sanders, Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Education, Secretary of Treasury. America's over. It's done. Finished. On that scary note, Chad. I'm just Glenn Beck today. <laughs> yeah, but you are. Georgia can't. I will circle back to the other part of the show. That's why Georgia is so it's important. It's important. The Senate so and, important. and keeping the Supreme Court where it's at. Yes. Right. Those yeah. of you in Georgia, please. Georgia! Please. All right, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. A little vote yeah, left. Please. Don't let us down, Georgia. Bernie. So the lovely people over at CNN, they have compiled a list of GOP senators who haven't congratulated Biden as the election battle continues. Um, (laughs) This is, first of all, what are your thoughts on the trend of the left making lists? Well, I mean, they just listed them all by name. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what it was like to live through the days of McCarthyism, but it sure feels like it. Uh, anytime you start putting people on a list, I mean, what's next? Are you going to assign them a number? Uh, what, what are we looking at here? This is a bad, bad practice, and they're normalizing it. I'm telling you, that's the thing. When they get into stuff, they start normalizing it. Just like putting Joe Biden behind this phony office of the president-elect. You get used to seeing him behind a podium that has a seal on it, even though that doesn't exist. Uh, when you live in a world where you make up reality and you come up with things about people and, and you just start creating these things, this gets scary because once it's normalized, then it's just like COVID, just like wearing masks. You couldn't have told me a year ago right now that we were all going to be walking around in public wearing masks. Then we would have given into that. We normalized it. If I would have told you this uh, last year and said, by this time next year, everybody in public is going to be wearing a mask. You'd have said, come on, we're not Hong Kong. We would have said not in Texas. Not in and Texas. And every freaking person in Texas gave into it. Yeah. It's our fault. Um, I will say that I think that um, we mentioned earlier that the left has no message. They have no message. They were hoping far leftism would be it. And they found it finding out now that it's not. For four years, their message has been nothing political, really. Nothing economically, really, because they had nothing on it because the economy was booming. Their message was Donald Trump is a bad man. Mm-hmm. That was it. This man is evil. Just trust us, he's evil. Don't ask for evidence. He's evil. Russia, Ukraine, those things fell apart. Okay, screw it. He's evil. That's their message. They have nothing else. The, the Democratic Party has nothing else. Mainstream media sure as hell doesn't have anything else. So what do they do to tide them over before they can figure out what the heck they want to do for the country? 
concentrate on all the people that supported bad man. Mm -hmm. That's it. So that that's uh, all of the the all the scandalous stuff that thing that claim those scandals on CNN, all things about Donald Trump. They don't have that to talk about anymore. So now what they're going to do for another at least three years, probably four years, are all the people. They're not even talk about Biden. They're going to let him do whatever they want him to do. They're never going to criticize him. They're just going to be going after the people that were a part of that time frame. You know, that four years when bad man was president. That's what we're seeing right now. Well, we're seeing that's the beginning all of all over the place. That, that's, that's what, what this is. Yeah. Yep. Well, one celebrity who is known for being very left-wing, Katy Perry. She has just been getting hammered by leftists because she was trying to encourage some harmony. She, she put out a tweet saying, the first thing I did when the presidency was called is text and call my family members who do not agree and tell them I love them and I'm here for them. Hashtag family first. Call your family today. Happy Sunday. Well, people were pretty upset about her call for unity. Um, one person tweeted, I'm not going to do that because those people voted against my basic human rights. But thanks so much for the tip, Katie. Uh, someone said the ignorance in this. If they voted for red, it's a vote against them. Uh, this is just well, Biden is. saying I'm the party of unity. I'm, I'm wanting that there are no red states or blue states. It's the United States. <laughs> but then when someone who is a Biden supporter says, hey, I, you know, I want to still support my family. I, I families first. Like, can't we all just get along kind of thing? She is just getting pummeled. This is just a nice way of uh, what Whoopi Goldberg said on The View when she said, suck it up and do what we put up with. She wouldn't have done this had Donald Trump gotten reelected. She would not have called her family with all this. I'm sorry, that's just not human nature. After you've spent four years of vitriol, calling people names and telling them what's wrong with them, you and if you had gotten one more big old fat dose of suck it, you wouldn't have called your family. And and watch what happens if Donald Trump manages to pull this thing out. Uh, you watch. Whoopi Goldberg, who told us to suck it up like they did, you watch how well they suck it up again. Yeah, um, you're so right. If the, if the situation would have been any different, none of them would be calling for unity. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't. They would still be calling for division. And I can guarantee you what's going to happen to Katy Perry now. You saw what happened to Ellen. The moment Ellen showed any kind of kindness towards George W., what happened to her? Yeah. All of a sudden, all these people, which could be true, she could be a, a horrible person, but all the all the, but the the point is they kept it under wrap. They were willing to keep it under wrap as long as she played ball, mm -hmm. as long as she played by their rules. The moment you stop playing by their rules, the wolves the, come it out. It goes back to the BLM letter. As long as you're willing to sub subjugate yourself exactly. to the deal, then hey, we'll take care of you. But if you keep running out outside of the lines here, we're going to deal with you. And that's where the cancel culture comes in. Yeah, Biden might be calling for unity, but the, the people that are working closely with him, like Rashida Tlaib, that want to be very invested in what he's putting together, she said, I'm not interested in unity. I mean, well, that's good because I'm not either. Uh, I'm really not. I'm an American, and I know everybody bleeds their own version of red, white, and blue when you cut them, and they got their own version of patriotism, but I don't agree with people who want to call me a deplorable and a pig and a chump and call me a racist and a homophobe and a xenophobe and a misogynist and a bigot, and at the end of the day, after four years of that, I'm tired of it because of the color of my skin. You want to tell me that I'm guilty because of my melanin? You want to tell me that the United States started 1619 instead of 1776? You want to tell me to defund the people who put on a badge and kiss their families goodbye just so they can go out and work a shift with the prayers they're going to come home 
safely at the end of the day and they want to spit on our military, step on our flags, the things that unify us like an anthem and a pledge of allegiance. Now you can kiss my ass. So I'm not into unity at all. <laughs> there is no way to improve on that statement. <laughs> that <laughs> well, is good truth. But if there was a bowl of Alpo over here <laughs> and then another bowl of chickens. I'm still going to eat the and Alpo then, and a damn chicken. Dang it. We've got to go to break one of our questions of the day and we come back. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the heat today, Chad. Our question yesterday was, if officially elected, who will Biden select as a press secretary? Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Corn Popper, you know the thing. Uh, you know the thing. One out at 48.7%. And then I've got one minute left, so I want to ask you both, will you take the Pfizer COVID vaccine? Hell no. No, 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 no. no. I'll, I'll take a vaccine... 12 months maybe later, but not in the initial run up, no. Yeah, and no, I'm not gonna do it in no possible way. All right, I'm curious to know what people at home, what you guys are gonna say, so please go on even. Twitter and answer, because yeah. It's pretty it might, even. it might be, I mean, I know a lot of people that are like, hey, viewers I, you know. might say now, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing it. <laughs> if, if I live in a household that's got two elderly people and I'm very, very worried about it, my, my opinion might be changed a little bit. Absolutely. But I'm not putting that Bill Gates in me. No way. Yeah. All right. So if people want to follow you guys, want to know more about other stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Are other, we talking about the vaccine? Or other, other, other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> other stuff from Pfizer. Sure. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Chad Prather, you can follow him on social. Jason Buttrell, thank you guys for being here. Love y'all. <laughs> yeah, some other things from Pfizer. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.